This podcast is a presentation of Gateway Fellowship, Paulsville, Washington. Experience community, find hope. Check us out at gatewayfellowship.com. We're in part seven, and I thought about this morning, so of our series. If you're brand new to Gateway, we're, we, we launched into the, to the uh, 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 Paul's prison letters. There are four, and Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. And like I mentioned, we, we may not go in the order that they are in, in your Bible, but our summer series, and as, as we move in, in, in the fall, and we're on chapter four, but we're at part seven. So that's the way that works, right? And I thought this morning, we better take off the part thing because by the time we get to the end, we're going to be like at part 55. Come on now. Or part something <laughs> like that. But it's a, great, it's a great series. I've enjoyed it so much. I hope that you have a, a, as well. And remembering in Ephesians, um, six chapters, we have both doctrine and practice. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the practice part of it, Ephesians 4, 5, and 6. Next week, going to be talking about the latter part of Ephesians chapter 5 and specifically about marriage and the call and the gift of singleness and how we live out God's purpose. It may be, may be different than what we kind of think, think about when we think about our marriages or our singleness or whatever, but we'll be diving into that ne- next week as we look at Ephesians chapter 5. But this week, Ephesians chapter 4. Now, are you goal-oriented uh, I, I think I have goals. Like you have the goal to get up in the morning by what? Nine, ten, no. eleven. <laughs> That's a goal. I know. It's hard, right? Yes, it is. It's, it's hard to get up early. I, I have not achieved it yet, but yeah, it's a goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm an early riser. Yes, anyway, you are. Okay. So, yeah. okay mm-hmm. so, but we have goals. So mm-hmm. okay, what type of goals would you have? Well, you know, I, somebody had asked me this at, um, while we were out back, yeah. back and somebody asked me, like, so do you have goals that you want to finish this year? And I'm like, uh, I hadn't really thought about, like, goals I wanted to finish this year. But as I started to think, there are some things in the back of my head that I've been working on. And, you know, I think one of the big ones, we're in the season uh, kind of looking at what's next um, as our son's going to be a senior and graduating and, like, what school's going to be next. So that's a goal is to help uh, him launch well um, into the world. So yeah, that's so a big goal. A goal, maybe someday you're going to have grandkids. That is a goal. But that's not your goal. That's, well, it is my goal. Well, sort of, but <laughs> can't, there are other people involved. Sure, in I mean, that, there so. are there's, yeah. Yeah, a few, few working yeah. other pieces in order for that to happen, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So some of us are more goal-oriented. Like some of us have a goal just like to get through today, right? Mm-hmm. A goal like, what am I going to, you know, like I'm going to decide what I'm going to have for dinner by noon. Or, I don't know, mm-hmm. you have short-term goals mm-hmm. and, and long-term goals, but a goal is something we always want to attain to, right? Mm-hmm. So if we get, look at the trajectory of our, of our life and we go out, you know, one year or two years or six months, whatever it is, it's where we want to go. It's what we want to attain in life. And for some of us, you know, we can look back and see where we've been and where we, where we, where we have come from. Um, the interesting thing about goals, I think, is it requires a number of things. Of course, personal commitment. And I think within um, the um, faith community, it really requires other people. Mm-hmm. And it requires a cheering, a cheering squad. Mm-hmm. And we're going to look at all those things today. Because I think Paul lays all, the, all those things out. Who doesn't want a cheering squad, right? Saying, right. like, good job, keep it up, keep going. Right, right. Get that. up in the morning. Get up, get okay. going. We so, need that. Yeah, and my, I was reminded by my youngest son, uh, Jeff, um, of, of, a, of, a, of an event that he was involved in when he was in high school. And it was this, speaking of cheering squads, um, Jeff is, um, well, I wouldn't call him athletic. 
Well, he plays basketball. Yeah, I mean, he's got some skill. Yeah, I mean, I played football with him. He's, he's decent. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. so he can do that. Kind of stuff. But I'm mm-hmm. talking about when I, so he's not a runner, okay? Fair enough. And, and so, all right, and I get for non-runner, I get all that, but he's not a runner, but he tried his hand at running one time when he was in school, and he was, he was just telling us this. He goes, I was so embarrassed. He was doing the mile, and um, by, by lap three, he was lapped. It happens. And he was vying, he said that was vying for last place. I just didn't want to come in last place, right? Talk about short-term goals. But as he, <laughs> as he, came, as he came around the corner um, to, to the finish line, here was his mother. Yay, Jeff, go, go, go. He said, I was so embarrassed because his cheering squad was saying, you just basically just make it to the finish line. Yeah, you know, just make it to the finish just line. Just don't be last. He, don't be and last. And he did. But... Um, Cheering squad, we, we need that. I think we all need, need that. Mm-hmm. And so um, Paul, in his letter, this letter, the Ephesians letter from, from prison, he's doing all the above there, and we're, we're, we're going to see that. He speaks of the need um, to journey with one another, and he talks about the tools, I think, that, that are needed. And then, and then he goes, like, here's your cheering squad. And we all be encouraging one another and yeah. exhorting one another. We yeah. all ought to have that in our life. But when we talk about goals, Paul gives us the goal. That's what we're going to talk about in all of our life. Now, this doesn't matter if you've been a believer for a follower of Jesus for like many, many years, mm-hmm. or you're just beginning this journey, and some of you are. You're new to the faith, and it's incredible. Mm-hmm. But Paul says, okay, here's the goal. Here's the goal of Scripture, and I'm putting it up on the screen. Maturity in the faith that reflects our new life in Christ, mm-hmm. that all of us are growing all of us are maturing in our faith in a way that reflects on Christ. Now, you made the point at last gathering, I think it was really, really good, that we, we just need to recognize we are all at different levels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We are. So some of us, you know, when we talk about maturity, you know, we're just beginning, <clears throat> we're just growing. Um, you know, for some of us, let's, let's, let's just all of us, sometimes it's, our faith journey is two steps forward, three steps back, or mm-hmm. one step forward. You know, it's, it's, it's all of that. So let's, let's under, understand that we're talking about maturity. We're at di- different levels. But this is our goal. And in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, Paul, Paul says this. And he gave apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. And here it is, to mature manhood. So that's, it's not just talking about men, by the way. It's just, it's all of us. Mm-hmm. To mature manhood, to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. So as we learn from one another, as we, we grow together, we're involved in teaching one another, which we are, should be doing. It's not just what you hear from, like, the stage. It's, what we all do together, we disciple one another, we grow and we experience what Paul is talking about. So all of us, as we look at the trajectory of our life, looking back and looking forward particularly, um, what, is our, um, what is our maturing in the faith look like? Someone said, well, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Mm-hmm. And for some of us today, we're gonna, we're gonna hit the start button, right? We're gonna hit the start button in, in this, in this in this um, faith walk and maturing in him. Unity of the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and maturity 
in the faith. That's the goal that Paul lays out for every follower of Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this is... Oh, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture right here. There's yeah. just, it's so good. It just, because they talk about the goal, like this is what we're talking about, right. this idea of maturity. And so in that passage there, there's, there's a couple of words that, that feel like let's, are worth unpacking. And you'll see one of the words that says mature. And I think that's a really important thing that Paul is saying, like, hey, here's a direction. Here's what we're going for is this maturity. And what we're talking about here, what Paul's talking about is, is spiritual maturity. Um, we all should be growing, I guess, naturally, we're going to be growing to some degree um, physically into our maturity. And, and emotionally, we hopefully are growing in that, that whole area. But Paul's talking about spiritual maturity here. And as we grow and mature, um, there will be evidence of the Spirit of Christ working within us that we will move into this fullness of Christ. And so there's this idea that we would grow and we would mature. And all of us in, in this faith journey, uh, we might find ourselves in different places. And as we do, there's this need to recognize well, where are we in this journey and how do I continue to grow into maturity? God wants that for us, that we would grow in, in maturity, that we would reflect him well in this world. And so there's just this desire that we see Paul just crying out for that for the people of, of God and for the church. And what's interesting is that as we attend to our spiritual maturity, it's amazing how other parts of us, yeah, other, other right. aspects of our lives continue to mature as well. As we grow in recognizing that God is, is Lord over all, that we can trust Him with everything, all of a sudden our emotional life starts to change as well because we recognize we don't have to fret about everything because He's the one that's in control. Just for one example, mm -hmm. there's something so amazing about attending to our spiritual maturity. And what I love is that when every single one of us, like when we individually, if you think about where you are, you choose to step into this trajectory to move towards this, this maturity that Christ, that Christ has called us to live into, there's something that starts to happen collectively, that we as a faith community start to look different. And that's something else that Paul desires for us. It's not just you individually would live in a certain way, but we as a whole start to reflect something, reflect the bride of Christ. That's what he so desires for us to be able to, to do. And so there's this maturity. The other thing that we see here is, is this fullness of Christ. And that's, I think that's a really simple way of saying and that our end goal is to be full of Christ. That, that's what maturity looks like. You see, at the point that we say yes to Jesus, he comes into our heart, he comes into our life, and, and in essence, we are full of Christ, but there is this working out of allowing the Spirit of God to live his life in and through us that takes place, that the full measure of Christ gets to be seen in our lives. God desires that each one of us will grow and mature. It was never his intent that we would come into the faith and be to say, like, we can talk about maturity. We see with, with babies, you know, they're, they're spiritual babies. We, we love that they're babies, mm -hmm. but we also want those babies to grow. And the same thing is true for us. When we come to Christ, yes, we start off as spiritual babies, if you will, but there's a need for us to continue to grow in this walk that we have. You see, what happens is that as we commit to following Jesus, our lives will reflect who he is in every way. And one of the things that, that Paul continues to, what you hear Paul doing over and over again is he says these words, remember you used to be this way. Remember, you used to live in a certain way. Now, for some of us, you've been following Christ for so long, you've maybe you've even forgotten of what life used to look like before mm -hmm. following Christ. 
But can you just kind of dial in for just a moment of what life was like before you started to follow Jesus? Because that's what Paul is, is speaking to these Gentiles about. He said, you used to live in this certain way. You used to live in such a way that you had your own opinions and you lived by those opinions. That was the way that you lived. But now that you are in Christ, something changes. You place all of those opinions, all of those, those ways that you want to do things, you place them at the foot of the cross and you take on the life of God and what it is that he has for us instead. It's calling for us to live faithfully to what Jesus has called us to do, the way he's called us to live. And as we do, we experience something. As we say, God, we choose to follow you, your word, your scriptures, what it is that you've told us to do, we choose to lean into that. Something starts to happen. This morning, we'll look at five results that end up taking place that Paul mentions in Ephesians chapter 4. And it looks like what happens when we start to grow in Christ. And I think it's just important, we'll keep reiterating that wherever you are, that's great. The call is to continue to move towards maturity mm -hmm. in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so what we see is one of these results is living different. That's one of them that you'll see is living different as a result of maturing. Ephesians 4.14 says this, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. You see, we will live different because we are protected from the forces of evil trying to, to capture our hearts and capture our minds. Those forces come in many ways, unbiblical doctrines and different teachings and, and the deceitfulness of man. Paul calls this, all of these things the schemes, these, these, these deceitful schemes, schemes of the enemy. And when we separate ourselves from those deceitful schemes, we live our lives rooted in Christ, anchored, if you will, in this metaphor, anchored to Christ, so that when these schemes come our way, we might move some way, but we are anchored to Christ. We're not blown and tossed by all the different uh, opinions that come our way. And can I say, there are some opinions out there? Yeah. Have you noticed? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you only have to jump on whatever your favorite social media platform is and to notice there are opinions. And can I say this, many, if not all of those opinions, maybe most of those opinions are not checked underneath the Word of God. And so we have to choose to be right. mature people who live differently by finding ourselves rooted in Christ's Word so that we can come to understand these deceitful schemes that come our way. Exactly. Now, at the end, I'm going to give you a way to get these five results. So you, some of you take notes, and I see you doing that, and we're going to give you a way to down, download those. But, you know, it's interesting because when we talk about living different, it's, it's really easy sometimes to go, okay, well, I live in a nice house, I drive a nice car, or I don't, or I do, you know, but that's not what we're talking about. Not at all. We're talking about being solidly rooted, right? In, in a biblical worldview, solidly rooted in Christ and who he is and the life he calls us to. That's what living different means. And as you said, we won't be tossed and turned. It's kind of interesting because I live over here, so I'm, I'm often down along, along the mullow. And for years, there was a sailboat out there. And maybe you noticed it, right? And, you know, it would be anchored out there. And then the wind would come up and it would blow it up on the beach, right? Then beach owners would tow it back out there, that happened a couple, now it's sunk, it's sunk out there. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was always being blown around by whatever the weather or the tide was doing. Mm -hmm. And Paul is saying like, don't be that way. Not only don't be that way, there's a way not to be that mm -hmm. way, right? And that's, that's to live different, that's to live com rooted in, in who Jesus is and, and uh, his word. Mm -hmm. The second result of maturity is that we will walk different. Now, when you see somebody walk, 
Um, you can't go like, okay, I, you can even actually identify someone by, by their walk, right? Sometimes by their gait, you know, maybe shortness of step or it's long or, or, or whatever. My wife is a walker. And believe it or not, I have, I have difficulties since I'm staying up with her. Yeah. So it's because her walk is a certain way. Mm-hmm. And Paul says, like, as believers, then, as we're kind of moving into this part of Ephesians, it says, this is, this is how you live this out. Yep. He says, you shall walk, you will walk different. Mm-hmm. People should recognize you by your, your walk, Ephesians 4, 17 and 19. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk, everybody say walk. walk, walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. We'll look at that in just a moment. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to the sensuality, to sensuality, greedy, uh, to practice every kind of impurity. Your walk should look like this, not like this. Your step ought to be different. The Ephesian believers who were, uh, who were Gentiles were not to walk as the Gentiles do, as what they see, mm-hmm. right? Um, or as implied, as they had once walked, mm-hmm. because your life is now different. Gentiles walked in the futility of their mind, Paul, Paul says. That word futility is kind of, kind of interesting because it suggests this. One thing that's like we're, we're, we're void of any type of aim or goal. We've been talking about a, a, a goal. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe better said, um, not guided by anything other than their own desires. So good, good point when you said, like, we put these things, our opinions at the foot of the cross, right? And we're guided by who Jesus is what Jesus calls us to and the life he calls us to. And these are guided by their own, their own desires. And then Paul says their understanding mm-hmm. is dark and they, they live separate or alienated um, from the life that comes from God. And what he's saying is like, you can see this in their walk, right? Mm-hmm. You can see this how they're living out their life. So don't live that way. Let your walk be different. Mm-hmm. Darkened in their understanding is kind of interesting because it should both inform us and warn us, right? Good. It informs us of kind of where they're getting their thinking from, but it warns us not to go there mm-hmm. and to be careful who we get um, um, uh, in our cheering squad, who we seek godly counsel for. Now, um, I think Dustin Lauren pointed out some good things about social media, but listen, if you first go to social media, or all those other platforms to get your godly counsel, you're gonna be misdirected. Right. Likely, there's a lot of good stuff out mm-hmm. there, I, I, I get it. But we should be warned on who we go to. They're darkened in their understanding. And Paul says they're not only callous, um, but they're, they're being driven to live this impure pure life and they're actually greedy to practice it. Right. So what do you think that means? <laughs> well, greedy to practice. I, I just love the idea that it's a picture of, you hear it then, but it's just like, yeah. that's where we are today. Yeah, and, <laughs> right. Yeah. There was this continual lust. Just wanting to, yeah. Wanting to mm-hmm. for more, mm-hmm. right, of this life filled with per- perverted ways. So walking different or no longer in the way of the Gentiles means that you'll be noticed, and I'll be noticed. We ought to walk this life out different. Um, I thought about Psalms 1.1. I have it on the screen here for you. Um, Blessed is a man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners. And when you live this way, you'll be noticed. Your walk, 
your gait, your stride will be different and it will, will be noticed. Mm -hmm. So we, we live different, mm -hmm. we, we walk different, and now we look different. Mm -hmm. So we look different. So what marks our walk? Um, that is, what's the visual that people are getting from your life and my life as we kind of walk out this life? So l let me illustrate this way. It's August, right? So we got um, a couple months, maybe? Not even if a couple of months. A month? Maybe. So we're going to start getting into football season, right? <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a fan, sort of. Mm -hmm. Maybe yeah. casual fan. Maybe. Fairweather fan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't really know all the names of the players like, and all that kind of stuff. But, mm -hmm. but with, if they're winning, then I'm more of a fan. <laughs> On board. <laughs> I'm on board. But here, here's the deal. What we're going to see, we're going to see. Now, if I'm, if I'm a fan, I am a Seahawks fan. Um, now, my brother here mm -hmm. does not like the Seahawks. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're going to see. There are good people who are going to come into our faith community with Green Bay Packers jerseys. Glory. Or New England Patriots. Maybe. I told you. And, and I, they're going to they're gonna mark themselves in this way. But I want you to love them anyway. Because Jesus, Jesus loves them. Mm -hmm. And we're going to pray for their, someday, we're going to pray for them to kind of make that transition. But, but we mark ourselves, don't we? Mm -hmm. Like through the things we wear. Mm -hmm. Different jerseys, yeah. Different jerseys. Uh -huh. So, yeah, this is who I am. I'm a supporter of, you know, these other teams. Denver Broncos. You yeah. were. There was a time. There was a time. You know, so, but we, we do that. And it's interesting because Paul is saying, look, you know, how you wear, what you wear makes a difference. I, I love our military people here at Gateway. Mm -hmm. I love them. Mm -hmm. And we should support them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm, I'm always careful to say that um, when we talk about our military people, we're not just talking about those who go away, whatever branch of service they, they're in. We have military moms and dads who are here. Mm -hmm. And they're a part. They mm -hmm. are as much a part um, of what they do. But here's the deal. Um, I, I've never seen one of our military guys or gals come in um, dressed in a sloppy uniform. Nope. I've never seen it. Now, I've been here a long time, so have you, many of you. I've never seen it because they represent, right, a branch. Yep. Mm -hmm. and, you, and, and, and you see that. And Paul says this, look like who you are. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't need to tell you. He's not saying, you know, you should be wearing a tie or a suit coat. He doesn't say that. No, that's not or what he's talking sweater. about. Yep, that's yeah. not what he's talking about. No, he's saying something else. Here it is, mm -hmm. Ephesians 4. But that is not the way you learn Christ. Assuming that you have heard about him and, and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So he said, like, that's who you were. Mm -hmm. You don't wear that anymore. Mm -hmm. you, you put that off. Mm -hmm. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self 
created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So it really comes down to, this is a cheesy, it's a cheesy way to say it, I know, but what team are you representing, mm-hmm. you know, when we're out there? What have we put on? Because that old self is gone, right? Right. And we're to put on Christ. My identity is in Christ. Yeah, team Jesus. Like yeah, that's, yeah. That's <laughs> cheesy way to say it, but it's true. That's what it is. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. There's our identity to be found in Christ. I love the way that it says in 2 Corinthians, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Like this is your new identity. Yeah. You're found in Christ. Believers are to walk as new creations whose actions and thinking are patterned not after the world and all of its brokenness, but after Christ and the life he alone grants us as a result. We, we end up looking different. And so we respond differently to people. We, we engage differently. Our lives look different. The, the fourth one that we want to talk about today is, is a result of being mature and walking in this maturity is this, this neighboring different. Something starts to look different in the way that we relate with one another. You say, neighboring, like, you don't, you don't know my neighbor, Mario. Like, what are you talking about? Well, Scripture has a lot to say about how we should treat one another. The Bible has many directives when it comes to our neighbors, and Jesus really gives us a definition of what our neighbor is. It's anybody that's not you. Mm-hmm. That's your neighbor. Yep. And he says, love your neighbor, which I know has all sorts of implications depending on the relationships that we are, are in. Paul says this about it. He says, therefore, in in Ephesians 4, he says, therefore, having put away all falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. I love this, the way that Paul speaks about this, because again, he has such a high view of, of what we are meant to be as a faith community. He loves, he loves us the way that we're supposed to be, who we're supposed to represent as the people of God. And he says, this is how you're supposed to treat one another. Yes, we should treat any and everybody that we come in contact with in a Christ-like manner, but it's meant to be seen at its best within the faith community mm-hmm. and the way that we treat one another. We as a faith community, if, if we can find grace in the way that we relate with anyone, it should be the people of God we should be able to offer ourselves grace in this walk as we're trying to figure out what does this new life in Christ look like. And so we're meant to neighbor well, neighbor differently. The neighbor sitting in front of you right now, the neighbor sitting behind you or beside you, we were meant to neighbor well with that person, to neighbor differently with that person, to have a relationship with them. Because you see, we are members of the same body. We're in relationship with each other. And we are to treat each, each one another well because we're part of the same body. You know, when we choose to do that part well, when we choose to live out the life of Christ well amongst one another, people take notice. You know that? Like they're watching. They're commenting. Oh, and they're commenting mm. all the time. They're watching. <laughs> And when we choose to live out this life the way that Christ called us to, not only do they watch, but they start to wonder, like, what's so different about them? Why is it that they love one another? I mean, look at, look at how different they are. And look at the different backgrounds, the way they come into this place. Like, how is it that they're able to love one another so well? What's so different about them? And they come to realize as they bump into you and they have conversation with you that it's Christ in you. Why is it that we're, we serve people that other people won't serve? Why is it that we love people that other people won't love? 
Well, it's because of Christ in us. And we've recognized and choose to pick up that call to neighbor well because Christ did it for us. That's why. Paul shows us how to do that. He gives, there's so many ways that he talks about what it means to neighbor and well, but in this passage, he gives us at least one thing to do, and it's this, to tell the truth. That to one another and to the people we come in contact with is to tell the truth. Telling the truth is simply conforming one's words to reality. Conforming your words to reality, to tell the truth. And when we speak truth, we show our concern and care for one another as members of one body. We need to be able to share the truth with one another so that we can grow and mature into who Christ has called you know, us to I be. Always lo- I always love that because I, I've said this way, and, and I don't really actually mean it the way I'm going to say it. But sometimes uh, Christians can be the best liars, but we do that um, in order to support one another. Uh, here's what I mean. I re- years ago, I read this illustration where, you know, a person gets up on the stage, they sing a song, and it's horrible. It really is because, like, they weren't gifted to sing. Now, that would be what would happen if I were to sing you a song. It would be horrible. <laughs> but there would be a, f- a significant amount of you who would come up and say, Tom, that was great. <laughs> and that would not be helpful. Right. <laughs> No, no, when somebody not. speak the truth should say, you, you might have another gift out yes. there somewhere like that. Yeah. Don't, don't keep doing that. <laughs> and, you know, I have those people, actually, mm-hmm. um, in a good way, mm-hmm. who speak, speak the truth. And that's mm-hmm. the way it were to be. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the ways that we walk this thing, this thing out. Mm-hmm. The last one is this. has to do with probably the more difficult thing, and that's how we speak. So we're to speak different. So I'll give you mm-hmm. all five of these. You can download them in just a moment. We are to speak, speak different. Now, um, again, I want to emphasize We've all messed and screwed this one up because mm-hmm. we have all said things we shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. And we all, we all spoke and we said, I just had to get that off my chest, mm-hmm. you know. And now we feel better, but no one else does. Right. Right. <laughs> so Paul says in Ephesians 4.29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion mm-hmm. that it may give grace to those who hear. There's always someone right, mm-hmm. that benefits from our speech, our, we're part of their cheering squad. Mm-hmm. There is an expectation that our speech will reflect the new life that we have put on. That's good. That our speech will reflect our new walk in Christ. Um, the new heart that's been made possible, right, only through Christ and his work in our life. Honestly, when people hear you and they see me and they hear all of us, our speech ought to give us away. It's not giving away gateway. I mean, I'm thankful for that, but that's not the point. The point is it ought to give us away, and it's giving away our life in Christ, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Bible says that out the mouth speaks, the, the mouth speaks out of the abundance of the heart. So when I read that again, I got this visual. So how many have ever had a clogged up sink? Like all of us, mm-hmm. right? Clogged up sink. Mm-hmm. And so you take the plunger and you plunge, what comes up? A bunch of it's gunk. ugly. <laughs> it's like the overflow, right? Like it's the food product or whatever was in the sink, you know. Mm-hmm. And what is coming out of the overflow is what's in the pipe. That's well said. I thought about that. What comes out of my mouth is an overflow of what's mm. in my heart. Corrupting talk is unwholesome talk or words that are not beneficial or, or edifying. So we stay away from those things. We speak words that build up mm-hmm. that are appropriate to the circumstance 
or the situation. And, and, I, and I think this is um, interesting to note. And Paul says, let no corrupt talk come out. I think he's saying, look, you actually, um, you actually have control. Now, I get that we mess it up. I mess it up too. We, we all do. But Paul's like, you have control. As the Spirit enables you, mm-hmm. you can actually control those things. And it's hard. I know it's hard. Last week we talked about our tendency sometimes to re, uh, um, re, uh, react rather than act. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we do that. Paul says, this ought to mark your life. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a number um, that you can download all five of these with some little statements there. And guess what number it is? 360-505-INFO, and it's our new number. And if you type the word, <laughs> what I do, did I hear something? You did. You heard some boos. Oh, they booed. Okay. <laughs> You're going to love it, believe me. So just type the word different to that number, 360-509-INFO, and then these five will come down. These five will come down. But I'm going to ask you this, and then we're going to pray. So here they are, live different, or let others see the hope I have in Jesus regardless of what comes my way. So we're going to live different, we're going to live rooted in Christ, we're going to walk different, let others see my response and love for Jesus in my daily walk. So when you head out today, leave this place or wherever you are, people, I, my, my walk is different, my gait is different, my stride is different because of what Jesus has done. We're going to look different. Um, let others see my life as different from the world around me and bring glory to God. So they're going to recognize, mm-hmm. right? Because I look different. Mm-hmm. Team yeah. Jesus. Yeah, team Jesus. And yeah, and you're going to neighbor different. That's maybe one of the things we have to be challenged with. Let yeah. others see my love for others and my actions. That we neighbor well in this world that we live in. And finally, maybe consider speaking different. Mm. Let others see my love for Jesus and how I speak. Our words matter. They make a difference. Yeah, so... That's what we got for you today. Now we're going to pray. And, and uh, I'm, I'm going to ask you, um, would you consider which one that, that I, I guess some of us have this all worked out, but most of us don't. But which one will you lift up to the Lord today? Uh, live different? Maybe, maybe we find ourselves being pulled here or there. We're going to walk different. Um, our gait, what people see. The team we represent, right? Well, you mm-hmm. said Team Jesus look different. Maybe it's neighboring different, or maybe it has to do with our speech. Speak different. We're going to speak different. So which one would you lift up to him this morning? He said, God, I just want to grow and mature in this life. When I, I hit the start button today, when I look back on my life, whatever it is down the road, mm-hmm. I'm going to look back, and the trajectory of my life has been this, mm-hmm. and you've enabled me to do that. Mm-hmm. So can we pray? Mm-hmm. I'll pray, then Mario will pray, and then we'll be gone. So Father, mm-hmm. I thank you for today. I thank you for the, the wisdom of your word, um, for the opportunity to cheer one another on. There isn't one of us that got this whole thing worked out, God, but you lead us and you guide us, and you're the one who enables us. Um, your spirit does. And so, Father, I, I thank you f- uh, for that. Even as we have prayed, I know this week when this team goes to camp, these students are going to notice something different. And I would pray that as we head out into the marketplace, that um, we will live different. We will live solidly rooted in, in who, who you are. Mm-hmm. Father, we will find ourselves walking, walking different. 
um, in a way that honors you. We, we look different because we, re we, we represent you and people will be drawn, not, not to this, this church gateway, but to you, Lord. Mm -hmm. That's what we pray. Lord, we, even as we consider these things for our lives and we, we hear your spirit speaking to us, we, we just want to recognize, God, that, that we can't do this on our own. We can't live differently in and of ourselves. Lord, I know that for so many, we've tried to do that. We've tried to say, today's the day I'm going to just do something new and, um, and fall flat on our face the next day. Um, God, this morning we want to submit ourselves to you and ask that you would work in and through us, that as we commit ourselves to you and open up our lives to you, we're asking, Spirit of God, would you work in and through us to bring the change that you want to do in and through us. Help us to be aware of what you're doing, to step into the opportunities that you give us and allow you to be at work and watch what you do. God, some in this place, uh, and maybe even online, Lord, are in a spot in which... They've been trying to do it all on their own, been trying to figure it out. And the reality is, is the same thing has been true, falling flat on our face over and over again and just come to a point where we're saying, God, I need you. I need you to come into my life because I, I've been trying. It just doesn't work. So, Lord, I, I'm, I'm committing myself to you to be my Lord and Savior, to be my God to be the one who helps me live in the way that you've called me to because the life I've been trying to live is, is not amounting to anything. And so I give my life to you right here, right now in this moment. And Jesus, I thank you that for those who are in that place that are praying that prayer, you are placing your spirit within them right now in this moment. And this life that we talked about, the old has gone and the new has come is taking place right now. And we give you thanks for that, Jesus. I pray, God, that as we commit ourselves to you, laying down our lives at the foot of the cross and picking up the cross that you've called us to carry and to live into it, Lord, we pray that you would gain all the glory in our hearts and in our lives, that people would see you as a result of the way that we treat one another. We give you thanks, Lord, for the opportunity to come together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know